Well, hey, good morning, Access. Um, my name is John. I'm a pastor here at this church. Um, thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, I know that um, this last week, these last several weeks have been just so crazy, haven't they? Uh, I know for me, it's been a roller coaster of thoughts and feelings. Uh, just this past week, um, two of our youngest ones got sick. They had a fever and cough. And so as you can imagine, uh, the stress level was pretty high in our home, um, but thankfully they're doing um, they're they're doing a lot better uh, as the days have gone by and they're happy. Um, but yeah, you know, as I think about how each of us is relating to this pandemic, I'm just very present to the fact that this thing has really taken over our lives, so to speak, and uh, it's starting to hit many of us in in, in very personal ways. So I've, I, you know, I know that some of y'all are with jobs, wondering about what the future of your job is. Uh, your company is doing furloughs, and you're not sure what's going to happen. Um, you have friends that have actually lost work. Uh, I know that at this point, um, I've heard from some of y'all that you, you know, people, you have friends and loved ones who um, have gotten coronavirus and um, are sick and are, are trying to recover. Um, you know, thank God at this point, I haven't heard of anyone in our immediate community that has it. But the reality is that this thing is um, really affecting us um, in very personal ways. And so I'm very present to that. And and that's why I'm so glad um, that you're with us today, that we could um, we could share this time together. Uh, I do want to mention that, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm wearing AirPods. Uh, it's not because I'm listening to music while I'm giving this message. Uh, it's how I'm uh, recording the audio. So if you were wondering about that, let me put those questions to rest. But I thought today, uh, before we begin today's message, I would love for us to pray again together. Um, last time, um, I, I invited us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, today, I want us to pray through Psalm 23. Uh, Pastor Ted led our lead team in a, a reflection on this psalm. And I just found it to be so comforting. And so what I'd like us to do is take Psalm 23, this beloved, powerful, comforting psalm, and turn it into a prayer that we can pray together. All right, so let's, um, let's pray the words of Psalm 23 uh, together. Lord, you are our shepherd and we lack nothing. You make us lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside quiet waters. You restore our soul. You guide us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For you are with us, Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our heads with oil, our cups overflow. Surely goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, I invite you into this space and time Um, As we hear from your word, um, as we uh, gather to just pay attention 
to what your spirit is saying to us, Lord, during these uncertain times. God, give us strength, give us hope, and bless us that we might be a blessing to others. Uh, For our neighbor's good and for your glory, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, well, um, you may have noticed that I'm wearing a t-shirt. I don't normally wear t-shirts when I uh, give messages on Sunday, but, you know, there's nothing normal about this whole time period. It's actually not Sunday today. It's uh, Friday. I'm recording this ahead of time. Uh, but I figured, you know, hey, why not try different things? Uh, but really, the reason I want to wear this shirt is because of the word that is on it, the word hope. I want to talk about hope today uh, for a couple reasons. One, because, you know, um, with so much bad news going around, I find myself, and maybe you find this to be true for yourself too, that I'm looking for things that will give me hope, just a glimmer of hope. And to be quite honest, in the news, it's not easy to find right now. I have to search very hard to find things that kind of encourage and lift me up. Um, With the the exception of the potato lady, Uh, if you don't know about that, later on, go look it up. A woman turned herself into a potato during a team meeting and it got tweeted everywhere. It was hilarious. So that that gave me some hope or laughter at least. But by and large, I find that hope is in short short supply right now. But the other reason I want to talk about hope is because next week is Easter Sunday, which makes this Sunday Palm Sunday, right? Palm Sunday marks for the church uh, the seven days that lead up to Easter. And Easter is, you know, it is the most important day for us as Christians. Because on Easter, we remember, we celebrate, and we declare that Christ could not be held in the grave. That Christ has risen from the dead. And in in his resurrection, he has conquered sin and death. And right now, you know, as we live in this pandemic, as we see the effects of the curse of sin and death, we need to really press into the resurrection, Easter. And so I can't, I, I, you know, I know my, my sense of time has gotten all like melded into one. Um, and so I think it's really important that we prepare ourselves well for Easter. And in its own way, Palm Sunday uh, helps us to prepare. Palm Sunday is in its own way a day of hope, right? Palm Sunday commemorates the day when Jesus uh, rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Uh, And Palm Sunday is a, a, a day in which we begin to become aware of the things that we long for, our expectations, our hopes. So that's what I want to talk about today uh, is hope. I think we, we need it, and I want to really encourage us to be people of hope. So let's read um, one of the classic Palm Sunday passages. Uh, this passage is actually found in all four Gospels, but we're going to read from the Gospel of John, right? So this is from John chapter 12, um, verse 12. Follow along with me. <clears throat> The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Can you hear the sense of hope that is in these people's shouts and their cries? Hosanna! You know, Hosanna! Yeah, Hosanna! What does Hosanna mean? So maybe you're like, yeah, that sounds nice, but what, what does it actually mean? So Hosanna is an interesting word, actually. It's the English translation of a Greek word, Hosanna, which is the translation of a Hebrew word, Hashiina. Right? So it kind of sounds like Hosanna. And so uh, the Greek just took the Hebrew word and translated Hosanna, and then English took it and translated Hosanna. And so originally, Hosanna meant, oh, save. It was like a plea for help. Save me. Save, save us, please. It was, a, it was a desperate cry for help in a time of the need. Like if you were falling off a cliff, Hosanna, you know, save, save us. Uh, if you're facing a pandemic, Hosanna, save us, please, save us now. But over time, Hosanna shifted meaning. And it became, rather than a desperate plea for help, it actually became this confident declaration of God's salvation. So it went from save us to salvation has come. Praise God, salvation has come. As the people laid out the palm branches on the ground, and as Jesus rode in on the donkey, they were shouting with hope and assurance, uh, uh, Hosanna, Hosanna, praise God that salvation has come into our city to deliver us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. John writes, All of this was in fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy that was foretold many, many years before. And this is where this passage gets really interesting. In Zechariah 9, chapter 9, uh, it says this, See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So isn't it amazing that Zechariah foresaw this event so many years before? But Zechariah could never have imagined that it would take 500 years for this prophecy to be fulfilled. And when those people shouted to Jesus as he rode in on the donkey, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel, they could have never expected what would come afterwards. Because they believed that this Jesus, you know, would come in and rescue them, that he would become king and then he would deliver them and free them from Roman oppression. That was their hope. And never could they believe that this Jesus would in a few days be hanging on a cross. Hope 
is this wonderful thing. You know, people who have hope in their hearts and in their souls, they can be facing the most, uh, the, the darkest situation, the most nightmarish, nightmarish uh, circumstances imaginable, and somehow they can rise above them. You know, soldiers, we've seen this in history played out many times. Soldiers, even when they're outnumbered and outgunned by the enemy, if they have hope, they can persevere and they can fight through incredible odds. Uh, we see this uh, with people who are captives and prisoners. If they have hope, it allows them to persevere and to get through uh, the the darkness and the oppression that they face. We see the power of hope um, in immigrants who make the long trek, uh, you know, with with little to nothing, facing really dangerous situations. We see this in refugees, right? Because of the hope they have for a better future, they're able to endure extreme odds. That is the power of hope. And yet when we hope for things, it also opens us up to disappointment. It opens us to frustration and hurt. Hope is a very vulnerable thing. Often, I think we want hope to be a straight road. We want it to take us from A to B. If we are in situation A and A is hard and we see situation B, which is uh, much better, we want, it, we want hope to just go from A to B, straight and short and easy. But what I see in the Bible is really different, is really different. Christian hope, hope that is forged by God and placed in Christ, is rarely a short and straight road. Instead, Christian hope is a long and winding road. It is a long and winding road. Y'all remember uh, back in the day when we used to, when we used to fly, <laughs> like when we used to like get on airplanes and go to the airport? Well, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about um, what it was like to drive to the airport when we lived in Los Angeles compared to what it's like to drive to the airport here in Houston. So we live in the Southwest in Sugarland, And so going to IAH, for example, it's, it's, a, it's a straight shot. You just get on 59 and you just go, right? Um, and if 59 has a lot of traffic uh, for, for whatever reason, and that happens, then you just go 59 to Bellway 8 and then that takes you there. Um, you know, pretty straight and pretty direct. But in LA, um, very different situation. We lived uh, in Pasadena uh, when we were students at Fuller Seminary. And often the best route, right, the short, uh, the quickest time route to get from Fuller to LAX was, was this. It was to go from 210 West to 134 West when it broke off to 2 South to 5 South to 110 South to 105 West, all right? You can, you can actually Google this. I, I verified it just the other day. And uh, that was the route you had to take. Uh, no less than what, like six different freeways to get to the airport. 
I find that hope is a lot more like driving to LAX than it is to IAH. Hope is a long and winding road. That crowd shouting Hosanna, they expected Jesus to just march into Jerusalem and become king, to claim his rightful place on the throne. And yes, Jesus would be king. He knew this. In fact, Jesus knew he would be crowned king of kings. But Jesus also knew better. He knew that getting there meant taking the winding road to Golgotha. He knew that becoming king meant bearing his cross on his shoulders as he walked the path to his own crucifixion. He knew that getting there meant enduring shame, humiliation, and mockery. He knew that getting there meant bearing on his own shoulders the weight of humankind's sin so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a life, so that we could be saved. Jesus knew that his path was not a short and straight one. It was a long and winding road fraught with, uh, fraught with difficulty, suffering, and hardship. And this was a road that didn't fit the people's expectations. That didn't fit their plan. Jesus wasn't supposed to be crucified. The one that they were shouting Hosanna to wasn't supposed to be, you know, dying on a cross. And yet, this didn't take Jesus by surprise. This didn't catch God off guard because this was always part of the plan. This was part of the plan. This was part of the journey of hope. Because hope is in a short and straight road. It's a long and winding one. As Christians, our future hope rests in Jesus Christ, the one who came to this world out of love, died on the cross, and then rose again. And because of the hope that we have in him, we believe that one day Jesus will return and he will make all things new. We believe that one day Jesus will wipe every tear away from our eyes and that he will bring healing, restoration to the entire cosmos, to the entire world. And no longer will there be pandemics and war and poverty and suffering. But that the prayer, this, this prayer where we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that it will be fulfilled. That is our hope. And we believe that God will establish his good and beautiful and just kingdom on this earth uh, as it is in heaven. Um, that's our hope, friends. That's our hope. But let me remind you, let me remind myself that hope is a long and winding road. And in the meantime, you and I, our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our global neighbors, we face crazy stuff. We are staying at home. We are sheltering in place. We are learning to live with a new normal. We are social distancing 
and learning how to cope with the isolation and the loneliness. Uh, we are trying to make ends meet. Um, you know, not knowing whether our furloughs will turn into unemployment or whether where our paycheck will come. Uh, we are reaching out to others um, for connection via text and Facebook and Zoom um, and whatever it, whatever else it might be. Um, and it's, it's good. It helps us, but we all know that it's different. It doesn't feel the same as just being in the physical presence of a friend who can, you know, give you a hug. Uh, who can pat you on the shoulder. Um, and we're, you know, we're like Pastor Ted encouraged us last week, we're practicing self-care and soul care. We're trying to stitch that together, even though, you know, for some of us, it's like if we get five minutes to ourselves at the end of the day, that's like that's like a huge win. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're praying and we're doubting and we're struggling and we pray some more, right? So this is, this is the tension that we live in. As we hold on to hope, as we hold on to hope and as we navigate this journey. And when we come to terms with this reality, right, with this truth, that hope isn't A to B, it's not short and direct and just easy, but that it's this long and winding thing and it's gonna take perseverance, it's gonna take grit, it's gonna take a lot of grace and dependence and falling and faltering and getting back up, then when we face this reality, then we can be better prepared for it, can't we? Um, it's kind of like the difference when uh, you're, you know, you go out into your car, you just, you're driving 30 minutes to get to somewhere versus if you know you're going to drive four hours to go from Houston to Dallas, your mindset, your mentality, and how you prepare for that journey is quite different. And so uh, I thank God that God has prepared us for this long and winding road of hope. And so I wanted to just, uh, I have a couple props I wanted to bring, you know, that, uh, that we, you know, we might typically bring on a road trip. But before we do that, let me just ask you, you know, via the chat box or whatever, or if you're with some people in your, um, where you're watching this, you know, how do you like to prepare for a road trip? Like, what do you like to bring what, what is your non-essential? Do you have a certain ritual that you follow or a thing that you like to, to bring with you or have as you take a road trip? So go ahead and share that with one another or on chat. I'd love to see what that is. Um, yeah, when you go on a road trip, you know, what, do you, what do you like to bring? What do you, what do you have to have um, on that road trip? Okay, so go ahead and do that for a second. <clears throat> All right, so... Um, there are a couple items that I think God has given to us, uh, resources that God has given to us that will enable us to, to do this journey well, to prepare for the, the long road ahead. Uh, the first is this, a water bottle. It, it's always really helpful to have a water bottle, plenty of liquids when you're driving on a road trip uh, to stay hydrated. Uh, and I think in many ways, I would say this, as we are practicing stay at home, as we are practicing social distancing, I think a lot of us are starting to feel relationally dehydrated, aren't we? We're, we're starting to really feel it. We were made for connection and this pandemic has made connection pretty difficult. Uh, and isn't it interesting, you know, when, when, Jesus, um, when Jesus went to the cross, when he was preparing for that road and that journey, he didn't do it alone. He, he gathered some of his closest confidence and he said, Hey, would you would you help me? 
Would you stay by my side? Would you stay awake as I labor and pray? Would you pray with me? And if Jesus, the Son of God, needed some close friends to be with him in his moment of need, let's take our cue from that. We weren't made to journey through this situation alone. Um, and I know some of us, you know, have easy access to connections with others. For others, that's, that's harder. Maybe we're living by ourselves. Uh, maybe we don't have people like that we can just immediately text and, you know, ask for prayer. And so that will take intention. And the thing is, I, I, I see how uh, it can lead to this like vicious cycle where, right, where like we need, we need the water, we need the water of relationships, but then we're feeling weak. And so we don't feel like reaching out. We don't feel like connecting, um, but that's what we need to do. We need to get that water. Uh, I was thinking about this past week, man, I was feeling pretty low at one point this week. Um, and my life group was meeting on- online. And uh, honestly, leading up like the, the hour before, even 15 minutes before, I, I was just not feeling it. I was not wanting to connect with others. I was just wanting to s- just kind of like just sit and just, I don't know, just kind of sulk. Um, but uh, I was, you know, I was helping to lead it. So I had to, I had to show up. And gosh, I'm so glad I did because that hour that we spent together, together sharing, you know, about the potato woman and praying for each other and, and just talking really filled my cup. It really gave me the nourishment that I needed in that moment. And so I want to, I really want to invite us to, to make every effort, build it into your day where you're deliberately, intentionally reaching out to someone. And, um, you know, we've already said it a couple times these last couple Sundays, um, as a church, Let's really make an effort. Can we even do this on a daily basis? Make an, make an effort on a daily basis to reach out to someone, you know, to, to say, hey, how can I pray for you? Or I was just, I was thinking about you, you know, um, just want to let you know I'm praying for you um, and I care about you. E- even something as simple as that, that, that kind of human connection, even if it's digital or virtual, whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, let, let's, let's remember our water, the water of human connection. Uh, the second resource I think that God has given to us that we often uh, need to take on road trips, right, um, uh, is this bag here, right? It's helpful to have a bag, uh, you know, like to discard items that you don't need anymore, trash or whatever. Uh, you know, if you're feeling queasy or something like that, sometimes it's helpful to have a bag, maybe not a recyclable bag, but like a plastic bag would be good. Um, but here, here's 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 the spiritual cor- correlation to this. Um, God has given us... Um, the resource of lament. And lament is the opposite of sugarcoating things. Lament is the opposite of just pretending everything is just fine and dandy. Lament is taking our junk, taking the stuff that is uh, welling up and letting it out, uh, getting, you know, kind of getting rid of it. Um, Sometimes, so often, we want to take our negative feelings and emotions, to just pretend that they're not there. Um, but they're there, and we need to deal with them. And so in the Bible, uh, lament is a way in which we, God's people face difficult situations, really hard stuff, and they don't pretend that it's okay. They say, this is really hard. I'm angry. You know, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm grieving. Friends, we, uh, as, a, as a nation, as a world, we uh, are, are experiencing unprecedented loss. And uh, we need to give ourselves space to grieve that, right? 
maybe it's been hard to do because you're just trying to figure life out day to day. Uh, but at some point, we need to grieve. We need to let those emotions out. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I'd like to encourage us, you know, to build in a practice of, uh, of, of lamenting. You know, you could journal. Maybe take one day of the week just to journal and write out kind of in raw form how you're feeling and where you're struggling. And just let that, bring that to God. Uh, we don't need to sanitize our feelings before God. God can handle it. Uh, God can take it. You know, some of us are reading the Psalms right now. And that's, that's what the Psalms are about, that it's okay just to kind of, just to sort of <laughs> uh, emotionally uh, dump our feelings uh, before the Lord. That's okay. God can handle that. God is gracious. And, and he, uh, that is part of our healing. That is part of our journey. Uh, N.T. Wright, I, I like what he says uh, about, about lament. He says, It is no part of the Christian vocation then to be able to explain what's happening and why. Right? So in other words, it's not our job, it's not our duty as Christians to try to explain why all this stuff is happening. In fact, he says, it is part of the Christian vocation not to be able to explain and to lament instead. As the Spirit laments within us, so we become, even in our self-isolation, small shrines where the presence and healing love of God can dwell. And out of that, there can emerge new possibilities, new acts of kindness, new scientific understanding, new hope. New hope. And so I think that's a little surprising, right? Lament can lead us into deeper experiences of hope. So would you try to lament um, this week in the coming days? I know that might that's probably a new practice for many of us, but uh, this is a good time to try new practices. Um, and then finally, <clears throat> I don't have a prop for this, really. Uh, well, in a way, this. But on every road trip, it's helpful to take pit stops, uh, to kind of plan breaks in the drive so that you can get out. You could break up the monotony, to stretch your legs, to, to you know, to take a, a breath of fresh air, to kind of just change the pace, and then to get back on the road. And in our Christian life together with God, God has given us certain rituals that are meant to remind us, that are meant to be breaks in our day, in the busyness and the craziness that help us to reorient and recenter ourselves on what truly matters, on what is most true about the world and about life, that reorient us to God, that yes, God is still sovereign. God is still alive, right? When we're kind of busy, just running, 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 trying to manage things, it's easy to become myopic and just focused on the, the thing at hand. But we need rituals that help us step back and zoom out. And communion is one of those rituals. And I'm using the word ritual in the best sense of the, of the word. The rhythms, the routines, the sacred routines, the sacred practices that we build in to our day, into our week, into our month that help us stay sane, that help us recalibrate and reorient. So that's a good word to use, right? These rituals help us recalibrate around 
what is true about life. Recalibrate around love and peace and hope. So in a moment, we are going to take communion together virtually. So this will be a new experience for us. Friends, um, in this time, you know, I have to be honest. I feel, I feel sad. You know, I feel really sad and down when I think about how long this pandemic might last and the repercussions, the fallout, the collateral that's going to happen as a result of it. Emotionally, economically, spiritually, I feel really sad about that. And in the midst of that sadness, um, I've become aware that it's okay. You know, as Daniel Tiger likes to say, it's okay to be sad sometimes. But in the midst of that sadness, God comes. God comes and he reminds me that sadness is not the opposite of hope, but that on this long and winding road of hope, there's going to be a lot of different emotions. There's going to be sadness, frustration, fear, and anger, doubt, uncertainty. But what matters is that God walks with us with us in it. He has taken the path already. He has journeyed that path himself. And now he comes alongside us and he walks with us, filling us with hope. Church, it's my prayer that during this pandemic, our church, that you and me could be bearers of God's hope to the world. <laughs> Don't you think the world needs more hope? Well, where, where are they going to find that? I think God intended people to find that hope in you and me as we follow the way of Jesus, as we walk in his footsteps. Let's pray together. Lord, I, I thank you for walking the path ahead of us for being the one who endured um, so much so that you could go to the cross, that you could die in our place, and that so that you could, you could be buried and you, could be, you would rise again in order to give us this unshakable hope in the midst of so much chaos and so much, uh, so much hurt and pain and unknown. God, thank you for doing that for us. And I pray for each one of us, Lord, that you would help, uh, you would help us, help us to be people of hope, God. When we feel hopeless, Lord, would you fill us with hope? And would you help us to make use of the resources that you've given us to, you know, to lament, to connect with others, um, and to, to find life-giving rituals that might enable us just to, to kind of get through this um, in the way of Jesus, Lord. So we ask you for your help. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> well, we're going to take communion now together. And I'd like to pause to just give you a minute, if you didn't get a chance yet, to gather some of the elements. Um, and so if you have bread and juice at home, Feel free to grab those right now and set them, you know, like on a table in front of you or on the floor or whatever it might be. If you don't have bread and juice, just improvise, um, you know, be creative. Crackers could work, uh, you know, water, <laughs> Sprite, whatever you have, right? 
I think God will be, be very understanding of, uh, of our situation. All right, so let's just take, I'll give you a minute just to kind of go and grab those items and then we'll take communion together. All right, so let's read together from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. These are the words that we always say together when we take communion. Communion. This is one of our sacred rituals, one of the pit stops that helps us recalibrate. So let's say this together. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. These simple elements are a tangible, invisible reminder of the hope we have in Jesus. And friends, if you're watching today and you have never um, consciously trusted in Jesus to be your savior and your leader, I'd love to invite you to do that today. Uh, You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to understand everything. You simply need to know that you have a need. You have a need because you're a sinner and that you can't fix this problem on your own and that you're going to trust in Jesus to be your savior, to be your guide and to be your leader, that you're believing that Jesus died on your behalf to reconcile you and forgive you and that he rose again and now that you can put your trust in him and follow him And he will save you. He will live with you. And he will invite you um, uh, to to communion with him. And so um, if if that's where you're at, you know, I'd like to invite you to take communion today as your step of faith. You can simply pray to God, God, uh, I confess I'm a sinner and I want to trust in you today. I want to follow you as my savior and leader. Amen. All right, church, well, let's, let's take the elements together and celebrate communion. All right, church, let's say our sending prayer together. Loving God, through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it, where we envision peace and work to build it. 
where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. May your spirit guide us towards joy and generosity in Jesus' name, in the way of Jesus. Amen. Uh, Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, We will have some reflection uh, questions um, on this video, followed by our our online uh, Zoom hangout. And so uh, we'd love to connect with you after the service is over. God bless.